0: In in debate, in public formats, when somebody's name is invoked, you're supposed to get response from that person that's named. Well, uh, somebody's name was invoked in a conversation we had with Alderman Joe McMiniman yesterday, and we uh, reached out and got that individual on to respond. Uh, Here with the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop, Chris Murphy in the newsroom, and uh, we're joined now by... Springfield Budget Director Bill McCarty, uh, thanks for taking time with us, Bill. How are you? I'm doing all right this morning, Greg. How you doing? Not too shabby. On this morning Great. with the sunshine and looking beautiful, nice mild temps coming up, but things are heating up. Uh, <laughs> of course, there was a lot of discussion last night about uh, the, the the heater situation at the Springfield City Council uh, and the restaurants dealing with that, but uh, we'll, we'll leave that for another conversation. Uh, something else that's very much uh, still front and center in the minds of uh, taxpayers and even those uh, uh, pension recipients is public safety pensions in the state of Illinois, let alone on a local level here in Springfield. Uh, And it's something that uh, Springfield Alderman Joe McMiniman has been uh, talking about for quite some time. Uh, Director, I want to get your reaction, though, to what uh, the uh, alderman said yesterday here on this program when talking about the various uh, proposals that have come forward, uh, things that he's been talking about and trying to get control of the growing pension debt. Uh, So here's Alderman Joe McMiniman yesterday on this program.
1: I hate to say it, but uh, Budget Director... Uh, McCarty is at the heart of the problem. He's been an enabler. He's the longest-serving, currently the longest-serving member of of the Cabinet, stretching over two mayors. And uh, during his time in office, he's like a a local—I shouldn't say that. I was going to compare him to Mike Madigan. He's been around so long that he's got to share the responsibility for what's happening. And uh, he's voted against some of the proposals that I've tried to advance, or not voted against, but recommended— that our aldermen vote against uh, some reasonable fiscal policies. And I'm very disappointed in McCarty
0: director. um, We can talk about uh, him saying that he was going to compare you to somebody and then comparing you to that person. Uh, But to the, to the overall uh, question here, uh, your response, uh, he says he's disappointed in you.
1: Well, first of all, I love it when somebody says, well, I shouldn't say this, but says it anyway, Uh, has been in office longer than I've been alive. Uh, I think he, uh, took office in 1971. I was born in 1975. So I think to compare that kind of tenure to my tenure, tenure at the city is is, is a little bit off base. I <laughs> uh, I like to think that uh, I'm still at the city through two mayors and the longest-serving cabinet member and the longest-serving finance or budget director in, in the city history because I'm doing a good job because I've got a good team and we all work well together. But that's beside the point. Let, let's talk pensions. We've talked about this before, and and the problem is I understand Alderman McMinnon's passion. I really do. But I think that the blame is a bit misplaced, and I think he needs to look in the mirror just a little bit more. And I'm not saying that to be critical. What I'm trying to say is that as a staff member of the city, my job is to advise and to inform, and that's what I do. And as customary, I do that behind the scenes. I've had multiple conversations with many aldermen throughout the years on very tough subjects. I've advised them on different ways that they can go, but ultimately it is the aldermen, it is the folks around the horseshoe that set the policy. And in this particular situation, let's just let's just get very frank about it. The political realities of what he wants to do just don't exist. In order to better fund the pensions to get that liability down the way that he would like to do so more quickly rather than sooner rather than later you would have to dump a, much more money, a bunch more money into the pensions. To do that, you either have to raise taxes or you have to cut city services that people want and rely on and redirect those resources to, the pen, to public government pension funds. How do you think that would go over with the public? It's about political reality here. We are doing what we are mandated to do by the state of Illinois to fund public pensions. We are doing just enough to make sure that we are following state statute while not sacrificing city services to our public, while not going and pushing through tax increases that quite frankly, people neither want or in many cases can afford. That is the political reality of the situation. Alderman McMenamin, as a policymaker, as an alderman, absolutely can bring any proposal he wants city council for consideration if he wants to raise taxes he can do that with a proposal if he gets the others on board but the reality is he's not really ever brought forward a proposal it's like he wants myself or others is not to to do it because he knows and i understand it but he knows that there is no good easy palatable solution from a political standpoint especially
0: to get it done we're talking with the uh, other, yeah. We're talking with Springfield Budget Director Bill McCarty uh, about the pension issues uh, continues to balloon, uh, and the city is doing what it's statutorily obligated to do. But what about um, addressing costs up front for employees, like limiting how much uh, you know uh, people can get in raises for public safety pensions, both police and fire?
1: Well, I'll give you a prime example of that. Greg, we've done just that in, in a variety of ways, and you've been around, you've seen it. But we. Uh, When I started in 2011 with Mike Houston, Mayor Mike Houston, one of the things that we noticed right away is a lot of the contracts that were in place from a collective bargaining standpoint were quite high compared to our peers. Police and fire contracts at that time were actually 4% increases per year. And this was, remember, around the time of the Great uh, Recession. But 4% per year, one of them was a four-year contract, one of them was a five-year contract. Whichever one it was, that means that in one contract, that department – Police of Fire Camp got a 22% raise with compounding. That's one contract. Since then, we've tried to benchmark to our peers. We've tried to get things back in line because we've been number one by far, especially in the fire department. And that recognition has been there for that. So our contracts have been sub two percent. In fact, they've been closer to one, one and a half percent. That is a far cry from the contracts that were in place before. So by increasing or slowing down the rate of growth, we have absolutely helped the pensions. The other thing that we've done is we eliminated several pension spiking mechanisms that were in place. These were mechanisms, loopholes, if you will, that people would use in order to spike their pensions as they're going out the door. And we've eliminated all except for one that we're still working on. And right now the ball is in the court of the Department of Insurance. They have found, in the favor of the way the city believes, uh, to eliminate something in, in, in the fire department, uh, there's a hearing that's supposed to happen, but COVID has slowed that down, so there's really one mechanism left that we're we're trying to tackle.
0: Well, and there's also the possibility of seeing the pension ramp pushed out a bit further, but that would take action from the state legislature. We got very limited time here. I got another guest next segment, but uh, Chris Murphy has a question in the newsroom. Well, I was just going to ask okay. a little bit about that pension bill, and you started to touch on it just a little bit. But but what can we do about the situation? Like like we're hanging on to our chief right now by by a hair's thread. If we even keep him, he has a chance to walk out the door with ninety six grand a year from us on a pension retirement for the rest of his life, along yeah. with the salary tennessee how can we fix that so we don't keep losing people and yet having to pay for them every year well eventually
1: it'll be fixed because tier two has changed all that tier two came in and that's going to make our pension situation better over time so you've got to give it time but for the tier one employees like chief winslow and chief Riney, there's really nothing you can do it's guaranteed by the constitution that's been found by the illinois supreme court the only way to potentially change that is a constitutional amendment that could change the formula and change some of those stipulations. Even but then
0: we, but then we get to uh, what you talked about earlier, uh, Director, and that's the the political realities uh, and whether those right. types of things are going to be able to happen. Uh, director, that's all the time we've got. Greatly appreciate you taking it. We'll have to talk more about the budget, about COVID, about pensions, about uh, all of that uh, here on the WMAY Morning News feed. So appreciate you taking Happy the time with
1: us. Happy to do so anytime, Drake.